Hello, everybody. Just drop us a like, comment, let us know if you can see and hear us okay. I'm just going to check that we've gone live on Facebook as well. Hopefully we have. Yes, we're live. So very few people jump on. I know streaming is really slow at the moment. It's taken like a while for like people to jump on. That's literally the like because I used to do a lot a lot of stuff in Natalie. And yeah. you probably if you think about it, you probably hear the same, but one of the 90% of the time, there's always a comment from someone saying, oh, I think streaming is really slow to this. It should just be like a <laughs> expected, you know, it's, it's no yeah. one saying it because I'm just like, that is like a common occurrence where everyone always says. Yeah. Um, I should introduce Luke. You, you're you're with us today. Um, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself, what you do? Well, I thought maybe many people would know, but maybe they forgot. I think, I think people do know. <laughs> I don't know everybody knows because there's, there's different audiences as well with. with the yeah, groups, it is. So. It's true. So I used to actually, I was thinking about, it, but I used to do with Natalie. Well, I, it, it wasn't the original. Maybe it was the original. Never mind the Bible box. I'm trying to think if she did it with anyone before that. I don't but know. She used to do Never mind the Bible box on an, it, within another community many bygones ago. Many, many years uh, I used, ago. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe it was like uh, two and a half, three years. I can't remember how long I did it for. But yeah, I used to do that with Natalie. Every whatever it was, so pretty much the same style. Um, but obviously having, you know, in terms of background, I won't go into too much detail, but I've been selling on Amazon for maybe seven years, something like this. So I've got one of those OG accounts. Do you have one of those OG accounts, instant disbursements? I have, I have the OG accounts. I have instant yeah. disbursements. Not instant. Yeah. Although there's some weird talk. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I meant. Yeah. Uh, but some weird talk about people having some issues with that. Actually, I've noticed some of the, some of the groups, I don't know if it's related to changes mummy mine's fine right but um i, I have something. heard i have heard from people that amazon wants to get rid of the um 24-hour disbursements and put people on 14 days with reserves mm. but i'm i don't know i think there'll be quite a big backlash from people who've got it <clears throat> well yeah because if you're used to it it's like yeah. you have to come in a way like complete your cash flow sort of uh strategy has to completely i mean lots of people already do it and but they've kind of started with it so it's been part it's of the probably strategy easy, yeah it's easier to kind of if you if that's what you got to do you got to do it but then it's obviously harder than having to like change things after but anyway from that uh something else having years been obviously i've done so many different kind of styles of amazon back in the day i used to do uh, second hand then retail arbitrage well, i started second hand back like, in the day yeah that's pretty much just flipping nintendo wii's yeah, uh, I was. <laughs> Nintendo DS. It's literally all like, getting like a Pikachu uh, special edition Nintendo um, Switch or DS or whatever. This is years ago now. And, um, you know, in, in nice condition, literally just flipping it, like buying secondhand Lego, as in it was brand new, but it was secondhand, right? Yeah. Um, and literally flipping it. And, you know, like those are the days when I would just wake up and I've got like £500 in sales on three items. And it's like double your money, pretty much, you know, that can. But back when I was doing that, but then I got slammed with the authenticity uh, thing on some nunchuck, literally a <laughs> nunchuck <laughs> controller. And I thought, you know what? It's not impossible. Like, cause I had like a thousand nunchucks yeah. uh, that I was selling for like six quid or something. Uh, and then I had to slow, obviously over time I transitioned uh, across to uh, retail and then retail and OA and then OA and then, then literally to the point where I, I moved abroad. Uh, and then outsourced pretty much all of the operations. I used to do all that. And, and I used to do my mates prep as well. So I was doing like 40 boxes a day myself. So even though wow. you're like going along the, 
along the you know sort of stepping up if you want to call it that it's, it's there's there's different levels to it in in terms of you could be doing 100 oa doing seven figures but are you at, is it all remote are you doing are you completely engaged with the business you know there's lots of different kind of things you can be doing with that uh, but yeah and and the last kind of year probably a bit late like most people will already know but i've been sort of heavily getting into creating my own listings um and that's something we're going to talk we're going to you know and that's another good point in terms of there's been a lot of kind of weird not weird i mean it's not weird at all it's kind of amazon stuff that goes on uh related to kind of listings that aren't yours uh where people have you know created them under their own brand they basically registered it under whatever company or whatever it is that they've registered under and obviously it doesn't match uh, and these are a lot of mine up really old listings. Uh, not to say that they are old listings because you could do it, you could have done it recently. But some of the kind of go-to replenishables that I used to do, many of them where I would have like a hundred in stock, 50, you know, like because you would be selling these for years. Um, you, you, you know, there's I don't think I got hit too badly with deleted listings, but usually you had a month. This is you know this has happened in the past where they've just deleted listings or they're going to delete listings, so it shows up in the inventory. You can kind of prepare, you have like a month to prepare for it. But yeah, I think I probably had like 40 listings instantly from like overnight, just wake up, uh, restricted ASINs. But luckily I wasn't hit too badly, maybe 30 in, you know, I mean, I still spent like a grand, I think over the last two months recalling stock, but compared to what it could have been, if I was heavily doing just that, which I haven't been heavily just doing that, then it could be a lot worse. Uh, I know that's like, we're going to get into that a bit more later today. Yeah, we'll talk about that a bit more because I think it's, a lot of people have been affected by that. And it's, um, yeah, it's quite frustrating, really, because it just seems to have come out of nowhere that Amazon, there seems to be one thing every year. I think last year was it, last year was when they were like the, the restock limits where they told everybody that the warehouses were full. Was it the year before? And I think it's the year before. I, I kind of get confused now, like all the years blend into one a little yeah. bit. Yeah. All these major events. I'm sure. I think it was 21 actually, where like thousands. You know, I don't remember if anyone remembers. It was awful. Uh, like yeah, I think that is... if you if you were around for this, where Amazon basically was just like, yeah, we're full. Um, so if you've got more than X amount of inventory, then you've got to pull it back within 30 days because otherwise it's going to get destroyed because all the warehouses are full, and people people just had nowhere to put this stuff. I mean, I had a warehouse that wasn't too badly affected, but the prep centers people... were absolutely annihilated because. Yeah, for me, I had three thousand overstock, and I obviously had loads of stock at the prep center, and I instantly stopped buying because you know. But I still bought stuff yesterday, day before, you know, wholesale stuff still getting delivered. So obviously, they had to find somewhere to put it. Then I had three thousand units to sell, but just because I sold that three thousand, I still have to come down to get free space. So it took me months to actually kind of sort that. I mean, there's it seems to be you know it is kind of like a known thing that. There is once a year, there's something that kind of is an absolute pain in the ass. You can get through it. It's just that yeah. you don't really know what it's going to be. You can't really prepare for it. And you just got to accept it as a thing or, or not sell on Amazon ultimately. Yeah, yeah. That's it though, isn't it? You, you, you play on that platform. You play by that rules, isn't it? So I'm not sure who it is. Someone said, um, out of 420 agents, I have 15 removed, some with warning, some just get pulled instantly. Complete pain. Yeah, absolutely it was. Um, someone says what do you do with all the recalled inventory um well what did i do with the recalled inventory we just we just stored it for temporarily and then we kind of dripped it back in uh some people i know switched to merchant fulfilled but that wasn't really on on our strategy so we didn't really want to do that 
because we're quite heavily FBA. What do you do with all your stuff? Back then, uh, I think I probably look. I think the first thing I did was basically put everything at break even. Yeah. Uh, or a slight loss if it, if it need like if the buy box was at a slight loss, I would just tell you, yep, fine, no problem. Um, and I can't remember if I recalled stock. I think that maybe I did, but what I would have probably done is just help I, if it was like more Q4 related. Like, like there's some literally this is like the the worst item I've got in my inventory. I've had Christmas puddings at Amazon, and I've recalled them multiple times and sent them back in. They are from two years ago. I still have 112 <laughs> of Christmas puddings. And I'm basically, and you know, and, and what I'm doing is like, I'm just like, they don't need to be there. I can send them back in at Christmas. And they have like many years' life. So there is like strategies, or you could, yeah, there's not like a perfect place. It depends if you're using the prep center and, they, and, and the size of that prep center. So you, yeah. there are, you might be a short term solution. Um, like, for example, mine was to break, uh, like, put everything at break even and just try to blitz as much as I could. ASAP and I would as it as it went on I was gauging the, the stock levels and all that kind of thing but now obviously with those you know those uh, deleted listings that have been going on yeah I've just if they're you know a lot of them are sort of those old, older OA uh, replenishables that I would have I'm recalling them and I'm just creating a bundle version in, which is going to include them or if I really need I can send it under like a similar size bundle if it's a two packs being removed. I only have 20 left. I'll, you know, and I'm just like, I'll send it back in. I'll sell out and I just get like, I won't sell again because they, these are OA listings that could have issues later. Um, yeah. But like in the short term, I'm just doing, but usually I'm trying to, as of now, is to create some sort of unique bundle. Uh, to, so then I could actually utilize them better than like an OA listing. Because since moving to bundles, you know, I've just realized. Well, I was a fool for a long time. I didn't. I was like, nah, I'm not going to do it. I'm, I'm going to stick with what, you know, I'm going to. It's, it's one of those things in, in business. It's one of those things in business. Even if you're not doing it fully, it's like, there's literally just one item that I sell, a two pack, and it has some, you know, some, some sort of unique element to it, but not really. It's pretty much just like an OA product, you know, ultimately. Um, and I used to sell the one pack and all that arbitrage style, like whoever's listening it was, uh, making like a quid. It was cheap. It was like I think one pound eight. You're making about a pound or eighty p, so it's fine. But create this two pack. I was like, yeah, let's create. You know, whatever. Let's just create it. Um, and I think I'm do, like my sale. My, my sales were like one thousand two hundred on this two pack, and my ROI is two hundred percent. And I made like yeah, it's like five hundred and eighty quid profit on that one. And it, it cost me through two pound eighty or something. And I sell it for like between eleven ninety nine, fourteen ninety. And I'm like. I like just one random item that is in theory just an arbitrage product if you look at it on face value and I was selling these arbitrage products anyway uh yeah. like pretty much just in a different just a slightly different listing and all that kind of thing and I'm just like yeah like you know and no wonder everyone that started bundles back when I was you know should have started uh, I'm not going to go into that rant because self-hate right there for myself. <laughs> <laughs> the time wasted of things or well, i'm sure i'm sure there's all things that we could have done differently um hindsight would be you know some people say to you don't they oh, what's the one thing you could if you could have anything could you fly could you have unlimited money be hindsight i think for me you know going back and not making the mistakes it, it's more like what i learned the thing is it's not that it's not about the mistakes you make. It's about learning from that. Because like yeah. in life, you're going to have many things that come up like this. It could be in any part of life, right? So it's like, if, if something comes up, 
don't just you don't have to just jump into it but like at least give it a little bit dip your toes in and see <clears throat> rather than just being like no because it's not going to really cost you any you know it's going to cost you a, like for example if i just created five bond like five bundles it's not going to cost me a lot of money really is it but i would have actually seen what you've already got that's the thing here you know yeah exactly yeah I like, think, re- like people anything. sometimes think oh i have to sort of start a new business and i have to get stuff in specially and it's like no, you're taking what you already have. Okay, maybe you may have to add one additional element to make it unique, but you literally take what you already do and, and you, you're increasing revenue on what you've already got. And it's just like seeing not how easy it is as such, because it's not like there's lots of listings that aren't easy, but you know, but it's just like it's not also as it's nowhere near as difficult as you think, basically, yeah. for, for people. Like I, I was like, I'm going to stick with what I know, I'm going to just smash it. But I was like, I actually should have just thought, like now it feels so much easier, if you get what I mean. Then then the, my brain like sort of going over how it used to be with RA, uh, RA, OA stuff. Yeah, I know what Martha's asked. She said, um, what what can you do with all the recalled? Oh, yeah, what, what can you do um, now the listing's gone? I think you just kind of answered that then. You know, one of the options is to create a bundle and, and make the item unique and therefore being able to create a new listing through a unique bundle. Yeah which is a great way of working around some of these listing removals. Um, should we just dial it back a bit? So in your opinion, what is the reason that a lot of these listings have been removed? What do you think is the reason for it? Oh, well, as far as I know, it's because the, basically the EAN or UPC codes, you know, like Bible Pro has it quite well. Like you just yeah. click the analyze and it pops up with those two numbers, right? Sometimes they're blank, right? And that could be an exempt listing or something. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't say if it's exempt but i guess it might be but anyway if you obviously take those numbers the, the upc or ean they're normally both the same number sometimes it has a zero on the ean one but you just remove that zero because you're not meant to have that put it into the gs1 what is it barcode search or something uh gs1 barcode search database just paste it in search and then obviously it will come up with the business that is that's a barcode, all right? That's a barcode. Yeah. So some business is basically registered that brand. Obviously, if you go on the listing, it will say brand, like where the ASIN and all that kind of information is. Or sometimes it, well, as well, it will say it at the top, just under the, the title. Um, but sometimes it doesn't always say the brand clearly. So you can just go down and have a look. Uh, but Bible Pro also has a little brand bit. And obviously that brand might say, I don't know, Dettel. Um, and that UPC, uh, sorry, EAN is probably the one you want to use. That one is registered to i don't know some random american company that is uh, like uh, it could be anything pretty much this yeah. is going to be any random name uh but the, obviously the problem is even that listing creator can't go to hey Dettel, like <laughs> can you just yeah and the person that created uh, he but they they might not even be selling that listing anymore because it might not be profitable and they might create, create a lot of these listings that i was on were like five years old three years old yeah uh, you can usually find out who the creator was uh like you can go well it depends how old it is but you can go back and keep her and click where that first little like buy box symbol is it doesn't sometimes depending on the age you can't always see that uh, and there's also a couple of other things you could do trying to get a gauge of like are they but but basically i'll just give up if that if anything like that happens they're not gonna i've never seen one i think i've heard someone say they've seen one get fixed but basically in my mind it's 100 percent law like there's no chance to get that fixed um because yeah Dettol would have to create something well I, unless i don't know enough about it but it, there might be a way where you could tweak the listing 
I don't know if you can like override like an EAN or brands on that. I have never really played around with that far, but like, if, for example, if you could change the brands to yourself, you could then yeah. link that EAN to yourself. You could then tweak the listing to be slightly different to what the original, like whatever it currently is so that it all kind of looks like in line with how it would be accepted. And then you could submit it. I mean, that could be a thing. I've I've not ever been in a position where I need to do that, but I just sort of no. just think uh, that that I know that would work. I know that would work. Maybe not in all cases, but it definitely could work uh, doing it that way. And like that's one of the ways to overcome this is to just. But yeah, just if you that. if you create, I mean, I none of them are ones I've created, so I don't know that. But if there is any that you have, that could be a. And you were like, oh no, I love this listing. Or I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, most people would probably just give up and create another listing properly uh it's the way i was because a lot of these listings that i was on but you know there wasn't a huge amount of profit in them like lots of competition mm -hmm. so it's not really any huge incentive to potentially like keep it up but let's have a little look at these yeah. comments a few comments so um this is sean he says luke's made thousands at me over the years jumping on my va listings we created especially key for your time we uh, we created better lessons and bundles this year uh been going branded um that's Sean, I know it is, but yeah, that's Sean. Can, for some reason, I can always tell Sean. It's, it's the only person I can tell. It's just like the way that he. Oh, he also yeah. It's just the way he talks. Yeah, yeah, that's the, yeah. The he does well. Keep, yeah, he's what you said. Keep it to show you um, who created the listing. So yeah, that might be really useful information. Uh, being able to look and see who actually was a listing creator, get in contact with them. And yeah, see if or if if they're issue. on the list, if they're on the sorry, talking over you, but if they're on the listing then they might, there's a chance that they fix it. Uh, but if they're not on the listing, then they might have deleted it. I know, yeah, because they can delete it if other people are on the listing and it won't delete the listing. I think that's right. But if you're the only person on the listing and you created it, it will delete the listing from the catalog. Is that right? Or not? Right, yeah. So if, you, if you're the original listing creator and you're the only person selling it and you delete it, then it will delete it. But if yeah. there's other people selling, then it won't delete it. That's my understanding. So that, well. that person could have also deleted that product because they're like this isn't worth it anymore and they wouldn't even know um mm. but i guess if some if they had deleted it and you you then went out of stock then that listing would then get deleted wouldn't it oh well so you have to always have people in stock i i'm not sure i i think you would because uh. i think if you were out of stock certainly because one of the things we it tell people is obviously to close all your inactive listings to prevent ip mm, claims. yeah yeah so that would effectively remove you from the listing I'm not sure if you are active but out of stock. If it would keep it, potentially. Hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure if, if anyone if anyone knows. I mean, uh, we're going quite down like the sort of very unusual uh, events <laughs> here. But yeah, very unusual. Nothing, nothing anyone's had to really look at before. Um, Sean said, "Sometimes our own listings get changed. Yet it wasn't us. My VA thinks Amazon are doing it. Yeah, I definitely know Amazon are having a catalog tidy up at the moment. They they do this periodically." Uh, usually it's in the quieter months, you know, when they have time um, and they are tidying up a lot of duplicate listings, a lot of the catalog, because if you think about it from Amazon's perspective, they don't want customers to have a messy catalog with duplicate offers um, or competing on the same product. It looks very messy. It's not a good customer experience. So one of the things they actively do is tidy the catalog up. But unfortunately, that means people can unfortunately get caught up in that and have their listings removed as part of the either merging of listings into multiples and variations. I've noticed Amazon seems to be having a big thing on variations at the moment, moving a lot of um, 
single listings into oh, variation yeah. listings as well. That's another thing I've, I've seen. I've noticed a couple of a that, a couple of those things. But but it's been a bit like I I remember I had one the other day. Forget exactly what it said, but it came up with a policy. Did it come up with a policy warning, or it came up with some weird thing to say product page deleted? That's probably what it would say, right? Because it's been moved. Uh, but the listing was still there, and you click the link. Yeah, that would be that would be right. So I've just worked it out myself, I think. Because I yeah. was like, what's going on? Product page deleted, but the product page is still there. But you know, I've just worked it out. Yeah. So that's I guess that's the ASIN would be different. Is that correct? Yeah, the ASIN would be different. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, Marta said again. She said, um, "It said it. Think it depends how long the listing was on. Um, if it's for a while, Amazon will adopt it. Yeah, that's another thing. Amazon can adopt listings." Um, and Amazon may actually sell themselves on certain listings, even if you've you've created them. It's yeah. not unheard of that Amazon will actually start actively selling on that listing, um, whether it's your product or not. I don't know. Well, that's why certainly... I guess like the more unique you make it, obviously if you've yes. got brand, re- but do they do they jump on brand registry stuff? I mean, I guess not, but maybe because they're Amazon. Like I've never really heard. I of I think it has happened. I think it has happened. It's never happened to me personally, but I think it has happened. Um. Yeah, and I suppose as well, I think there's also a consideration as well. Sometimes um, if stock gets lost, um, and oh, a lot of things go on in the background. Of sometimes Amazon you make sense of stock and it, it gets lost and they reimburse you for it and then they suddenly find it. They may actually start selling it themselves. It's your stock yeah. that they lost and they reimbursed you for. Um, that that has happened. I know that's happened. I've seen, I've seen people say that's happened. Again, these are all very rare events. We're talking very, very niche and unlikely. Like, like one in that. like 10,000 or yeah. one in <laughs> uh, Yeah, so Sean says as well, he says, um, if Amazon are unlisted, we create, oh. if you believe Amazon lost our stock and resell it themselves. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what, what I've heard is that sometimes Amazon will will re- just resell the stock themselves when they find it. Because um, I'm not sure what the timescales are. Because sometimes they will they will take the money back off you. They will claw back uh, the reimbursement. And other times I think they just sell it themselves. I guess the theory is well if you've got multiple people, particularly with stickerless inventory, uh, which is where you don't label a product because you don't have to label every single product you do. You can you can have it stickerless. They may not may not be able to assign to which person that inventory originally came from because everyone's using the same barcode. So in that instance, they would probably certainly sell it themselves. So again, it's less likely on a unique uh, bundle listing, but way more common on, a, on an, an arbitrage or a wholesale listing where it's just a single item on a single listing. Definitely. Um, yeah, so, yeah, no. <laughs> maybe we've kind of answered that. Uh, yeah, so basically- That's the end I mean, of it today, guys. No, I'm joking. <laughs> if, you're having, if you're having issues, then um, obviously you can get in touch with the brand owner, try and get them to sort the listing out if you can. Uh, and also um, try to look at bundles. You know, it's one of the things we're teaching the hive is people to bundle. It's a great way to not just fix these kind of issues, but also secure your business more through having your own unique items. It's much less competition. Uh, and also it can help you get around some of these products. If you've got products that have been recalled and you consider making bundles with them, you might be able to get them back on the marketplace and active and selling. I mean, what I've, what I've done, even now, what I'm doing a lot of is... I'm going because with with replenishables, uh, OA sort of not classic, but you know, pretty much. Um, I would usually have a lot of stock, so obviously that yeah. that's so. I, I was sort of transitioning to bundles, obviously, like you know, relatively, let's say slowly, but yeah, not always slowly. Um, and but now with all those issues that have come up, obviously, I've thought to myself, wow, you know, even now, like 
that could happen in the future. So it, you know, this week I've not the last seven days I haven't really seen too much going on, but I never, you know, I'm always like, oh, it's it's fine now, and then tomorrow I'll get ten listings deleted or something. But yeah, a lot of what I'm doing, it's like you know, I haven't got that secure. If I wanted to sell a lot of OA stuff on high volume, definitely when that kind of thing is going on, maybe it's just once a year, right? But you never you never know when, you never know what's going to happen next. It's like you haven't really got that confidence of like being able to really stack up inventory. Um, because you know, if you've got over a hundred, you're kind of screwed in a way. Like it's not a lot that, I mean, yes, you can recall that, but then it's going to be, if you only have 20, 15, 10, fine. It's not so much of a issue. You can just read, if it's something under a two pack, maybe there's a four pack and a six pack, just, you know, if you want to get rid of it, I would just send, send it back in under that. Or if it's not a lot, then you can start, you know, if you've got a hundred, it's very hard to start creating unique bundles. Well, it's not it's not hard to create the new unique bundles, but usually you wouldn't test bundles with a high amount of stock. So you, you could if you, you're forced to do yeah. it, but it's not really the best way because you don't really know how it's going to perform until you actually get stuck in with it. You know, it has to be selling and obviously doing PPC and stuff. So even in that scenario, it's if you've got a lot of stock, it kind of hinders you a little bit. So if it's a little bit, it's fine. But obviously, if you're, you know, I remember summer back in Q4, definitely. I know that it wouldn't really happen during Q4, probably. But I would have 500 of a product. I would have, you know, I'd have hundreds of different products. And if that if that happened on a, a, even just a handful of them, it's like I've got a thousand units now. Just you know, and, and so the, looking to grow your business, it's a little bit of a thought. Like, hmm, okay, like. You know, if this happened to get, if you're looking to like grow your business from say one to five or 10, if you just, just imagine if you were doing normal OA and you weren't doing anything else, it's like there's limitation, it, it adds a little bit of a limitation, which is kind of not what you really want, but with bundles. And I can't believe I'm so much of a activist now for Telerower to be using. <laughs> I wasn't ever against it, but I was just really not interested in it. And now I'm just like, yeah, bundles, bundles, bundles. I know everyone else is as well. So uh, that 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 is doing it is is pretty much. I think it, it comes down to adaption, though, doesn't it? I think the market is changing. Amazon is changing all the time. We all know this, and you cannot you on Amazon. You can't do the same things you used to do, uh, and then moan that they don't work anymore because it's a very fast changing, evolving marketplace. People are coming in all the time. They're always trying to outdo each other, be more competitive. Um, there's always someone with more money than you, more resources than you, bigger team than you is probably going to be able to do it cheaper than you. So it's it's these kind of techniques that allow people to stand out from the crowd and succeed on Amazon. And it's not taking the lowest hanging fruit. So we keep saying in, in the hive and, and what we're kind of teaching people is that the easiest things to do, the traditional OA, you know, taking something from a shop and send it to prep center and send it online is the lowest barrier to entry and therefore it's going to have the most issues and it's potentially not even, it's not even very profitable anymore because so many people are doing it and so many people can do it. You know, there's literally stuff, no, stuff, nothing stopping anyone going to Argos and taking advantage of their three for two on toys and sending them into, into Amazon. And that, that was five, 10 years ago. That was the opportunity. That was the business opportunity on Amazon, but that isn't the opportunity anymore now. I mean, you know, I've been thinking about a lot and I still think there's opportunity, say, during Q4. Yeah. For yeah. Uh, pretty much every, you know, well, I mean, definitely the stuff that I'm used to selling, basically just kids, not kids' toys or anything, but kids' belated pre- food presents, like, you know, I don't know, 
Like I'm one that used to sell like a gazillion pounds of Thornsons back in the day, right? Um, and all that, anything that you could say that's similar to those kind of things. And and they're, all, they're always going to do well, but it's a very, the, the, the risk in terms of like having a lot of units, it's only for a shorter period of time. So it's less likely. And usually during Q4, there isn't really any change. Like I've, I've never, that I can remember seeing any major changes of any kind during Q4, uh, where it's, it's always been like, go, go, go Q4. It's never been, oh my God, what the hell do I do now? Something's happened. It's never been like that. Uh, and definitely there's, you know, I, I'm one of them that also with Q4 would be like holding stock till the last week. Everyone sells out, sell it for double the price, have 400 units and sell 50, 60 a day, you know, that kind of thing. So there's definitely opportunity there still. But, you know, but, and if, you know, so I'm, if you've got the cash, why yeah. not delve into a bit of everything in, in, in theory? But, um, you know, and, and a lot of what I'm doing with the, the bundle side is basically taking the data from uh, all of my Q4s and going, you know what, I know how popular these products are. So that's create bundles of pretty much all different, you know, that's basically use the products from what I've been using before to try to create, I don't know, a Thornton's hamper. I mean, I know it's very basic, right? But that's not what I would create, but you get what I mean. Like I, I know which ones are the sell a thousand, 2000 in, in December. And I'm just going to go, well, what's the point? You know, I can't buy from Thornton's anymore. Yes. I'm back, like pretty much everyone's banned probably because we just absolutely abused. Uh, I, I was spending 10 grand a day, pretty much like, you know, some, some Q4s. Uh, on the Thornton's like five grand next day, 10 grand. Yeah. It was just ridiculous. So they, yeah, fair enough. They caught on. <laughs> but, but I don't understand that. Why, why they, why they wouldn't take the sale at the end of the day. I, Cause Thornton's is their own brand. So they can sell, they can decide who sells. I can understand say, if you take back to the Argos example, they've got specific agreements with toy manufacturers of who they can sell to. But when it's Thornton's, uh, especially when they were struggling as they were, you know, they're not, they're not particularly. Well, I don't think they're, I mean, they're owned by Ferrero. So yeah. that's probably why they haven't gone under or maybe they yeah. went on, like maybe there was a behind the scenes, like buyout or I, I don't actually, I never, I never bothered looking into it to be honest, but yeah, then like the, you know, the, you can notice with Thornton's is that over the years, the, the amount of stock they have, it dwindles, uh, as in they don't have as much stock as often. They still go out of stock, but yeah. Um, but also, they the variety that they have is probably well. When I used to buy from them, when the last time I bought was about thirty percent of the variety that they had like three or four years ago. So the, the options are complete. So they basically stripped back the business um, almost as much as possible now, to the point where there's literally just like on, you go on Christmas and Thornton's. There used to be about twenty different things, all different you know mixes of flavors and bundles and hampers. Now there's like five or six, or well, there was last year before five different varieties. So you can, you know, even then it's like, you know, are they doing well? Like, you know, what's going on where there is to the, I laugh it. Like, yeah, you can see the two dogs here. They're, they're, Alfie wanted to jump up. This is Alfie, everyone. <laughs> Say hi. There's the camera. Look, camera. All right. He's not looking. But yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but they, I don't know because I mean, one of the things that comes with like data, like you've said, data analysis is so key in this business. Is that one of the things I've particularly realized is that eighty percent of our sales come from twenty percent of our stock. So you know, maybe that's their approach. Maybe they've analyzed the data and gone, actually, eighty percent of our sales come from these five products. So 
if we just stock these five products and focus on selling these five products, we'll get, we'll drop 20% of sales, but we'll re hugely reduce our cost and wastage. So that's one of the, the things that that might be the approach. But the flip side of that is like you've said yourself, as a consumer, you go on the website, your first thought is they're obviously closing down because they've only got five products. So have being very data driven can have pros and it can also have cons, you know, there's, there's more to business than just data analysis. You know, there's the, the sort of the human connection and people, people perceive things. And, and, um, I, I heard a really good bit off topic. I heard a really good example. It's like, for example, if you, if you analyzed a hotel and you took the doorman, for example, the doorman probably costs the hotel, say 40 grand a year and makes no profit, but his value is not in, in numbers. It's in the greeting of the guests and the customer experience. Maybe this is a very similar thing here. So 20% of the, the, the stock might account for 80% of the sales, but what they've missed is the perceived value that having a full range of products has on their website. So there's lots of things to consider in e-commerce. It's not as simple as just running the numbers um, when, you know, with a strategy like that. Yeah, I just saw a message about Thornton's and Akali Bami. Did that happen to you as well, Luke? Well, Thornton's, yes. And I even spoke to like their managing directors. I don't even know how it happened, but something, you know. And, and I was like, oh, maybe I can get in on like direct, direct. But I was like, this is like, I, I can't, you know, I have to try is what I thought. Um, but then after a bit of back and forth and that, it was kind of clear that th there is an option to do something, but it's it's basically not for any resale reasons. I know you could like blag it, but I mean, when you get in that, in, when you're going on that level, it's, there's no point pursuing it if it's clear that that's not what they want. And then with Ocado, they did ban me. Finally, when I was doing about a grand a day every day for about five years, <laughs> they finally realized maybe something's wrong here. Um, but I actually have another account somehow. Uh, and they're actually really difficult. Like I, I've had it for five, this account, other account for so. Basically, if you still got accounts, this is what I'm doing. This is a random hint, tip, sorry. I'm going on different devices, like my phone, because my phone had a login to Ocado under a different email. <clears throat> but when I did everything through my computer, even with VPNs and everything like that, they would always know it's me. Even though I changed my name, changed the address slightly, basically I'll change everything. Um, they, they would always, they wouldn't ever deliver it. They would let you order, but they wouldn't let you, they wouldn't get to the delivery. It would be canceled. Your account would then not work. But on the app, on the phone app, I had the same name as myself. I have the same cards that I had before. Everything's the same, but the account was opened a long time ago on a different device. That account hasn't ever been used on any other like a computer or anything. And it seems fine. So in my mind, I'm thinking that their app um data how they're driving data and and access is different i don't know if it is i'm just making it up probably different through their uh like apps so in theory you could have two accounts even though it looks like you, you've got two normal accounts you've actually got two separate accounts one's an app version and even though you can use them on both you kind of get where i'm going with it and, and so i'm yeah, starting yeah, yeah. to like layer up different um accounts in the event that it, obviously wholesale won't matter, right? But if you're using, if there's a certain retail or whatever, even if it's over Q4, I'm layering up a couple, well, basically at least two accounts if I can uh, through something like a mobile app uh, as well. And it, and it seems fine. And I've been, I know, I know you ordered on that a grand a week for the last three months and it's been fine. 
so it's kind of weird, uh, but it made me think like clearly something related to the app is fine and they, they're not flagging it. Where on the computer, it's always been, I don't know if it's just a random anomaly, but probably not. I mean, it's, it's I don't know. Anyway. I don't know. Maybe something to do with the API access or something. Yeah, I don't know exactly. Like this I mean, I'll, I'll probably get banned like everyone at some point. <laughs> um, and that's fine. But, you know, uh, and yeah, like even even the only good thing about Tesco is not this is just a random sort of uh, comment, but Tesco is a store specific. Uh, I'm sure you can get a account wide ban, but it's account. It's, sorry, it's store specific. So when you go to actually get a delivery and it gets. So I've had one get canceled like three times. They didn't tell me. But when mm -hmm. I contacted them, they said, yeah, that store has actually uh, said they're refusing to serve you. And the guy's like, oh, I'm so sorry. That's not up to us. Even though this is Tesco's I'm talking to. It's actually um, store specific. So in a way, you still get to keep your account. And you could, in theory, that's why it's you know good to understand this. Because you could, if you really wanted to, and you love Tesco's and you were buying a lot from it, imagine, you know, just hypothetically, you could just get it delivered to a different prep center. And they would just deal with Tesco's if you want. It's just, no, it's a random thing thought um but if you know if you're putting a lot through tesco's some i mean there must be some people in the world um and you get that you could always swap prep centers just for tesco's and you know carry on yeah. using it yeah definitely i know mark's showing this mark said um that back to the thought and says they've got their lava strategic brand plan online and obviously resellers are not part of that and um, that i know me and mark have had a few conversations about this this is a, a lot of the thing i think I think brands are kind of wising up to um, Amazon in terms of their realizing its power and its potential. Um, whereas before they were kind of sat quite far back, on the fence, weren't really sure what to, what, what to make of it, what way to go. I think a lot are now realizing it, it's an investment they need to make. Um, and there's a massive opportunity, I think, for sellers in this community, particularly to take advantage of that and partner with brands and manage their Amazon for them. Um, cause you know, I think one of the things we don't forget is particularly if you've been selling online for a while, you've got an, a huge amount of skills, uh, in the Amazon world. And if you can take these brands and put them onto Amazon for them, you know, that's a massive opportunity with, without a lot of these problems that the airway presents because you can get things direct. So I, I think that's one of the things that, uh, we're going to be exploring a lot more. I mean, what's your, what's your plans for the future? What's your kind of game plan for Amazon going forwards? Well, the one downside about me is I don't have a five-year plan like a lot of people or a 25-year plan. I've seen some posts around some of the groups. But the plan is in terms of, I don't know if there's a direct timeline on this. I'd say the next year is probably about right. Is to just layer up all the different types of bundles pretty much to create different trademarks, pretty much what everyone else is doing. Like, you know, When I say everyone else, mm -hmm. not yeah. everyone, but like a lot of the high people are doing right. Um, setting up and i'm just going to start with what i know which is pretty much just consumable items so i'm not really jumping to some random category beauty that i've not sold in for like five years i wouldn't really i don't know the brands i'm not familiar with what people like and don't like uh, not in terms of what i like but, but i can just look at listings like a like a products and go yeah i know that's a popular brand you know just sort of obscure stuff and mm -hmm. obviously that's that's it's it's just faster to, and, and gives you more confidence when you're starting like that. So just layering up those different types of brands over time so that I'm not relying on any one. So I'm not just going, you know, like I'm not going for like almost private label bundling and just focusing on building different um, 
brand registries and you know some people probably are doing that where they've got multiple brand registries and they've got multiple products or whatever they've got like a like a variety of products under those brands i'm gonna have a layering system like pretty much what i would and and, and oa will be part of that for a short period it's maybe q4 specific for example um if potentially um but yeah obviously it depends on on how uh, the bundles go for this Q4 in terms of creations and sales, maybe it won't even be required. Because obviously the thing about OA is that it takes a lot more cash flow than it does bundles. That's the, yeah. that's the basically you can put a lot less money in and get the same sales. Yes. And so it gives you, it, it's a lot, you know, it, like definitely when you've yeah. gone to, the, you understand how much it takes doing OA and that volume and you know, obviously, in your mind, you 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 remember how much it is. It almost feels like you're not spending money, in some instances now, because <laughs> you're you're generating the same sales, but you look at how much you spent, and you're thinking, Jesus, no, like, why have I only spent that? And it's but it's 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 kind of like obviously that's a it's better to have it like that, and then you've got a bit you've got a bit more breathing space. You don't have to be as tight with your money management, you know, like because you are you know luckily you've got 24 hour disbursement. Obviously, it must be even harder if you don't and you're doing volume and you're doing OA because you've got to think, think about that. Obviously, then when it comes to VAT returns and taxes and stuff, if you're you know very heavily cash orientated in terms of OA, it's harder. But with bundles, it's a lot easier. Um, and you could take that to the extremes as much as possible. Like you can anything below 100% ROI, you could be getting rid of. Like if yeah. you want, you could, you could basically just keep pummeling different bundles. And if it doesn't perform up to a certain percentage, um you're you're literally just taking them out uh not to say that they don't sell and stuff but you're like nope you know so in theory you, you could actually start doing fun i never really thought about that but you could start you know one grand could be like six or seven thousand in sales if you had the right products at the right ROIs and stuff or i, I normally look at roi that's why i mentioned that um rather than yeah. like arbitrage could be well three and a half grand, four grand for seven and a half grand or whatever in sales. Something like yeah. That. And, and it's the competition element as well. You know, don't forget. Yeah. And it's, it's price price changes. And it's not just that. Yeah. It's like, you know, when you've got a hundred in stock and someone comes in with 400 at like three pounds cheaper or something or five pound cheaper. And you're like, what is happening? And all those kind of like stress, basically it's very, a lot easier to manage your money, stock levels, inventory, it's not, you know, it starts with that money part, the investment, but obviously it trickles down to the point where you can actually manage them properly and you don't have to be like jumping around looking and, you know, am I selling that? Why am I not selling that today? Why is it selling tomorrow? And, you know, what's the competition like? Is it changing? Is there, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's uh, it's the way it's going. I know Mark's commented, he said, um, I can guarantee to you that very soon, um, Anyone that has a trademark listing or other OEM brands and trademark be suspended or all listings removed. You know, we are seeing a lot of this with the, the brand generic. Have you had any exposure to generic brand? Yeah, I, I started bundles creating them early this year. So I've got like generic listings that I created back then, uh, which I'm still, well, I'm still selling because I don't, you know, I've not, I, I've had some stuff on this, obviously from Natalie and that, but like, yeah, not like, in I, I'd, be, I'd more been watching it if you get what i mean uh just being aware of it because i've never seen i've not seen anything happen with generics right now maybe people have like 
actually like happen but yeah like what what would you sum it up if sum it up as if you were selling them for example would you even sell if you had generic brands would you stop selling them now or do you i wouldn't stop selling them but i would consider carefully when launching a new one whether to do it that way if you've got something and it's working then there's no reason not to to carry on with it at the end of the day, these aren't these aren't like Amazon policy issues. It's just the listings are going to get removed. So, you know, it's just going to be yeah. inconvenient for you. I think uh, be aware of your stock levels, which is a good thing about bundles. You said it's the bundles are generally more punishable in a way because they're where you tend to want to take advantage of price changes. You know, if there's a big supermarket price drop, you are going to be buying as much as you can afford, uh, and that can get you into a little bit of trouble when you have too much stuff. Um, so definitely want to be you know, with the bundle game, making sure that you've got the right level of stocking, um, which is hopefully one of the things that Beast Out is going to be helping with, make sure people have the right level of stock. Um, and yeah, and um, I would just keep selling the, gen- the generic products for now, but I would carefully consider about launching any new products under generic. Yeah, like it's like I don't have a lot of, I'm basically, because man- you can manage the flow of stock a lot easier with, not to say always, like there's always people jumping on listings and doing various things or whatever, but it's always a lot easier. So you can manage your stock flow a lot. E- like, for example, I used to with OA just, uh, I wouldn't be too sure about a lot of things. So I would in, I wouldn't do that now, but I would always jump in with a bit more stock at the beginning to make sure I'm in stock all, all the time. But obviously when you create your own listings, it's a lot easier to manage. And once you find that sweet spot, like knowing pretty much where the, the ranking and the sales are going to be on the product. It's a lot easier to restock confidently knowing exactly where you're going to be like in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Um, I've just realized we've had, a, I've actually had a really value packed session here. We? We've talked about a lot of things very in depth. Uh, it's been a great session. Um, yeah. Mark's Mark says, he said, um, you can't trademark any, um, any bundles that contains other brands. My advice is to make hay while the sun shines. Yeah, like I say, um, I wouldn't stop doing it at the moment. You know, again, a lot of things that Amazon say they're going to do, they they do, or they, they sometimes they don't do them, or they might come might not happen for years. So definitely um, carry on with with the bundles if you've got generic bundles, but just be aware that this may happen, and we're kind of sort of starting to see this. I think what we discussed today with the listing removal. I think is all part of the same thing of Amazon really tidying up the catalog, making sure that people are listing under the correct brands for the correct products, um, tying up the brand registry a little bit. So it's definitely making sure that you know your listings are compliant. You know, you've got the GS1 barcodes and not under random barcodes that's causing these listing removals. Um, and maybe considering the stock levels you hold as well, don't go too heavy because the last thing you want to do is have a listing removed. Um, when you've gone massively overstocked on it yeah because that's the thing i've been thinking a lot of when creating bundles and stuff it's like looking at the catalog seeing what's there trying to figure you know because there's nothing stopping a lot of people sort of pretty much creating ones that already exist um or similar and then i was talking to my mate about it i was like if people you know if people take that to the extreme be a point where it basically turns into ebay you're just looking for the one that has the best price because they all pretty much look the same. And you're like, well, which one's the cheapest? And you look on it and this one has a slightly different thing. And this one's like brand new, the other one's, you know, and obviously Amazon don't want that. So 
you have to start thinking like that in terms of rights. So if, if that's clearly not what they are looking for, and sometimes I can, if I'm just randomly, I might be searching a brand or looking into stuff and I'm noticing similar products pretty much just popping up everywhere. And yeah. I'm like, this isn't like, it doesn't happen all the time, but it's like, that isn't what Amazon want. And it makes you think like something has to happen at some point. If this keeps, if this gets worse and worse and worse and, you know, over the years, there's going to be a point where like three quarters of the listings are instantly deleted or some, you know, some sort of shockwave because obviously Amazon will go onto it and think, what, what, what is this? What, what, what is our platform? It doesn't even look like how it should. And that that's, and obviously now I'm thinking about that in terms of, well, I don't want to get to that point and be yeah. sort of naive to the point of that. Uh, I'm more being a little bit careful and like calculating and thinking, well, they, they probably will have to, you know, do something and it's going to be a, maybe they're going to have to, I don't know. This is something I also thought of. It's like, if they had to go about deleting listings and there's ones that are all compliant, but they're pretty much similar. Like, you know, like where you people are basically bundling, I don't know, like chocolates in a Santa's stocking with, I don't know, some sort of Christmassy thing, you know, just making some Christmas bundle up, but there's loads that are basically similar. Well, you know, it might be okay, but I'm thinking they're probably going to look at it. See, even though it's a different, like it's got a different picture on and all that kind of thing. It is kind of the same thing is that, and I'm just trying to put myself in their, in their shoes and thinking, how will they act? Uh, yeah, it's more like a little bit of a random, it's not really a, there's no point to what I'm saying as such, but it's just, it's just more like, you know, I'm trying to be proactive and thinking like something would happen at that. Well, I feel like Amazon always do always doing something to neaten up their catalog or improve stuff or make it easier for but, the customer. But that's Amazon, isn't it? It's Amazon is, is such a forward looking company and that everything they do is always improvement. Um, but sometimes that that removes, you know, people sellers get caught up in that in that kind of wave of change. Yeah, well, one actually that's what I say. The one point I was thinking is like, if there's very similar listings that are all compliant, all perfect, everything's registered properly, how would they make a decision of removing anything because they're all okay? Mm -hmm. And would they have? Would it be like a, just a like? Would it be like the oldest? You know, I was trying to think, how would they have like an indicator or a marker to say these are okay and these aren't? Or would they have to, would they be forced to change a rule, which then makes them all not compliant? You know, I was just trying to sort of like uh, tick through those boxes. Or for example, like the oldest listing stays and the rest get deleted because this one was the first. Yeah. It's just interesting sort of trail of thought like I was running through. Just because obviously if you're looking to get into bundles and do a lot of it, because even if you create something completely unique and, and perfect and great, it doesn't mean that in a year's time you go and actually search that category and there's loads of copies for similar products like yours. You could be the first and not even be aware that there's lots of others, but later on down the line, people either know who you are as a seller. They have got ideas from you. They've looked at Helium 10 and saw an opportunity and created something very similar. Um, yeah, just something that I've thought is yeah. I've been aware of if you are even doing bundles. Yeah, I know Mark said the decision is primarily made based on uh, if a listing has a true GS1 barcode now, which is what we were saying before, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, someone said, I want, I know this Amazon one brands have GS1 barcodes. Um, so yeah, that's that's it. You know, it's the, the barcode thing is, is where it's coming into. And I suppose there can only be one barcode in for a product in GS1. So if it doesn't have the right barcode, then it's potentially going to get removed, isn't it? Interesting. <laughs> sorry only because i was like imagine in 10 years 
and there's like a hundred similar products on Amazon, but they're all fine. And Amazon either have to accept that or they have to like change their platform. I don't know. I've just, I don't know why I'm randomly thinking about it. Interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting where it's going to go, isn't it? Um, I know Sean said, he said, uh, eBay is good. Not as good as Amazon, but Marvel, no, um, eBay is good as in the income stream. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know people are saying again, back to the question that Marsh asked at the start, you know, what, what do I do with all my stock that's not on a listing? Well, eBay is a great opp- opportunity for it, you know? Um, something that I, I think everybody should be on eBay and, and using more channel fulfillment from Amazon. Again, there's no need to to set up an entirely new business, just kind of do what you do and get extra sales through eBay. I don't want to turn this into an eBay chat, but yeah, I definitely think eBay's got a lot of legs um, uh, at the moment. I just see um, there's a, yeah. a lot of uh, messages and comments popping up here, so I'm just trying yeah, to get my head around. Up, yeah. Um, Andre says it's like banning the same white label product um, with, with a different brand just because they're essentially yeah. the same product. Yeah, this is the thing. It's, it's going to be a massive knock-on effect here. Um, this, I can see why Amazon is doing it because they want to tidy the catalog up. They want it to be a professional site. They don't want it to become like eBay where the, you know there's lots of offers for the same product. But equally, I think some people are going to get unfortunately caught up in this and have their listings wrongly removed. Uh, which is unfortunate is all I can say. It's not, yeah, I, I can't I, do anything to change it. <laughs> I'm just thinking like if you've got variety, uh, you've got depth in terms of the type of products you're creating, then just like all of us have pretty much had with sort of old, older OA listings that if you are, if you are selling OA stuff uh, that have been removed, it'll be similar. So it'd be a percentage, you know, well, who knows how much of a percentage, but if you're exposed across many different sort of product ranges, brands, so on and so forth, different types of bundles. Maybe you're still selling old, like generic stuff that you, you've had for ages and you're selling that, you're creating all different types of bundles. Then, you know, at least you, if something happens to one of those areas, like sporadically, then you're kind of protected to some degree in the others, even though you don't know if it will cross across some of the different versions, it's better not to obviously rely heavily on one. Um, you can want to go that way but yeah yeah that's it the variety is the spice of life as you say and that's a great way to protect yourself having a variety of products um again don't go too wide because that will you know damage your product knowledge and potentially you know put yourself at risk to ip claims with things you don't know about but definitely having a, a range of products a range of listings is a good kind of counteract to to, to having um you know because if you put all your eggs in one basket you know again back to platforms i mean all your stuff on one platform Again, you have all your, all your stock on one listing and that listing goes, then that's going to be a massive impact on your business. Having multiple um, categories, you know, multiple listings is a great way to secure your business longer term and certainly keep the cash flow coming in, you know, because even it could, it doesn't even have to be really removed. You could get search suppressed by accident. I know Amazon, we have Amazon have bots that scan the website all the time. And we had an example of this. We had a, we were selling a keyboard and it had the words type cover. And it's been removed because it was classed as a face mask and it didn't meet face mask regulations. Um, you know, this is completely, we can appeal it, but if this was my only one product and it got taken down, then that would be a huge impact on my business. Yeah. I remember back in the day that it, the stuff like that, I actually, no, you know, I have that on food items a lot. It's like, 
this is a medicine. It's like uh, angel delight. You know, it's those kind of things. Similar, similar kind of thing. Yeah, you're not allowed to sell medical goods or uh, prescription goods online. And yeah, it's like a six pack of banana angel delight. Um, but it's, it's uh, if you're in the if you've been doing Amazon long, long enough, you you you're used to these things, and you just, you don't even really. You take note of it the more it happens, but you also mm -hmm. don't get too tied up in thinking about it day to day. It's just something yeah. that happens. Yeah. Your action and sort it as and when you need to, and you move on. You don't even sit up at night and think, oh, what if it gets worse? You, you don't do that. Like maybe in the early stages of being an Amazon seller, I definitely, I used to think month to month, what if Amazon banned me? It's like, you know, this is like six months, eight months into Amazon. What if Amazon banned me next month? And literally every month I would think, what, but what about next month? And you get to a point where you have to give that up ultimately to actually like go sort of hard in the Amazon yeah, business. Yeah. You've got to, you've got to either not do it at some point because you can't get motionally around it with your mind uh, in terms of them changing stuff, or you just push through it and accept whatever happens and you just don't even let it phase you. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've got a few comments. Um, this is going on. Um, Amazon as a seller, um, being forced to detach from Amazon Marketplace um, for those pure practices of forcing people off and selling the same products uh, without having any brand exclusivity. Yes, it's an interesting point um, with Amazon. I, 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 if I was Amazon, I wouldn't sell any product personally because I imagine they make way more money from sellers than they do selling product themselves. And their, and their own brand products. And their own brand products, yeah. I wouldn't sell other people's products. I would just leave the marketplace to be open. Uh, that's as if I ran Amazon. I just because I know a lot of the, the the actual selling they do is loss making, and they've 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 built the platform big enough now through their own sales that if I was Amazon, I would I would stop selling, and especially with these antitrust things that's been coming out recently, uh, they've been under a lot of scrutiny about the practices of basically you know taking sellers' data, um, taking the suppliers and asking for invoices and then just basically going to the suppliers directly and, and cutting them out of the market. So I, I do, I do, I do, I do wonder if Amazon is going to be selling itself long-term. Certainly something, big question. Oh, wow. The comments are coming thick and fast here, aren't they? Yeah, um... it's like a conversation <laughs> without us being here. <laughs> um yes yeah, so says uh, that's a good way sometimes loan offerings yeah a good way to hedge yeah so amazon offer loans as well so that's uh, something to come look at oh, i can't can't keep up with all the comments they're flying in aren't they <laughs> um yeah Andrew says again Andrew says again uh, pissing off all the sellers that bring in the money um in literally every country they have settled in um, I, I think they do and I think they don't. I think, you know, you, one of the things I've learned from building my own website is to appreciate the value of the traffic that Amazon has. Um, you, it's very hard to, to have traffic and I think sometimes you have to just put up with it. Actually, in terms of the fees and things, I think their fees are quite reasonable. The issue, of course, I think for me, the biggest problem with Amazon is the sales support. Would you agree? Yeah, it's absolutely, yeah. It, and definitely it, when I had my... Uh... I, I don't know if you ever saw that conversation, but I got like locked out of my seller account. Yes. And and I had to speak, even the buyers, the buying, the customer side, the buyer account side are useless as well. I thought they would be amazing because they're normally like customer focused, but they were just as uh, 
clueless, I guess, uh, in terms of understanding what I was even saying, trying to get help. So I, I don't really uh, worry. Like whatever they say, seller support is what they say. I don't even, uh, it's just about hammering. The only solution is just to hammer the same issue you've got like a thousand times. Uh, obviously, or email the managing director, at whatever. Um, and, and I get my VA to do that. So I'm not one that's to sit there and every day sending the same sort of case uh, thing to them. But yeah, like it, eventually it probably gets solved, right? With everything. But it takes, you know, sometimes like 10, 20, 30 sort of uh, messages. And one person finally realizes what you want and fixes it. Finally, <laughs> after much bashing your head against the wall, that is my biggest complaint with Amazon installer support. You know, it's just this shouldn't be this difficult to get things resolved. Basic things, you know, you every time something goes wrong, you tear your hair out over it rather than just dealing with the product problem. And it's something that they could learn a lot from eBay because eBay really good customers. Definitely, where they don't tell you what you've done. Yes, like <laughs> trying to figure out, like, like for that, for example, that buyer account side issue I had. It says we have sent you an email just explaining what has happened. I didn't get an email. So I said, can you send me the email again? No. I said, right, you open up your laptop, you go to send, send messages. I was just trying to, you know, you, you find the email and you click forward, you type my, type my email again and just send it. Like, how is that like the most complicated question I've ever asked you? Just send me the email again. Like what, it's nothing, nothing's gonna happen if you do that. Like it's not like suddenly my account's working again. But apparently they can't, you know, that's not a thing. Uh, it's just like, you get to the point where you're like, what do you say after when, when they come, you know, when that's, a, when that is a thing, how do you even have a conversation with someone? Um, like I don't usually phone up, but sometimes I do. And it's, it's like, there's literally no words I can say. Cause I, I can't think of anything like dumb enough <laughs> to actually tell them to help me. I just like, no, nah, okay. See ya. Bye. Yeah. And I just get my VAs, you know, to, to hammer across that. And yeah, usually you get it, you get it fixed. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I know Mark said he said um, this is back to the Amazon what what they're going to be in the future thing. Uh, ideally, they like the three PL sellers handle all the OEM brands. So yeah, my my kind of agree with that. I think Amazon longer term will probably end up becoming a kind of logistics business and a platform business, and they won't be necessarily you know actually selling themselves. And they'll just be the, the facilitation of the sale. They will deliver the stock. They will be a platform for you to advertise on. And there'll be a platform for brands to advertise on. But they won't necessarily sell themselves. I can definitely see them going that way. It'd be far more profitable for them, for sure, without, rather than actually holding their own stock. Uh, and I think it would actually be better for sellers. Because, you know, you Amazon are very aggressive on price, generally speaking. Uh uh, it could be better for sellers, but that might be the reason they stay in the marketplace is because they don't want to be perceived to be expensive. Yeah, I, I, it's like even. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to say there. So I was, I was just, my brain was like, right, really. No, I was, I was thinking that, like, you know, maybe even like Amazon, all Amazon's own products are like actually on a different Amazon website. It's a slight variation mm. for their own. And, and that traditional Amazon.com.co.uk is like, sort of as it is now, but they have some sort of other alternative for themselves as a brand. I mean, cause I know that there was a lot of talk. I mean, this is a while ago now, wasn't it? About them having to separate themselves from, from where the, they, where they, yeah, they couldn't, the marketplace, yeah. they couldn't do everything on the same platform basically. 
Um, but obviously, I mean, who knows what? Or, I mean, that was a long time ago now thinking about it. Well, not long, but long enough um, where people were quite, you know, there was a big talk on that. Like, oh, what's going to happen to our third party sellers? Um, are they going to like get rid of them and all that kind of thing? That was a, but, but, you know, was that? I, I, I think Amazon them. would get rid of themselves before third party sellers, personally. I, I cannot see them getting rid of third party sellers before themselves. Mm. Yeah, no, I can't. And it's only going to like in- increase as, as in as the population goes up naturally i mean there is obviously some population decline depending on where you are on the planet but majority like, you know there's, there's many countries that don't even have um amazon services for, like i'm in lithuania there is no amazon you have to get it from germany so not to say that yeah. it would have to be in every country but regionally a little bit easier i mean i guess poland is next to Lithuania, but still, it will take a little while because Poland is relatively large to come. So there's a lot. There's you know, like they, there's still a lot of. You think about it; they haven't. Re- they're not really in a lot of countries compared to where they could be in like 50 years. And the, the number yeah. of extra sellers and income and third-party sellers that could be created from that is. Well, the thing is, I mean, obviously in the UK, Amazon is dominant. In the US, Amazon is dominant. Dominant, but. It's not around the world. It's not in Japan. Amazon is not dominant in Japan. I don't think it's particularly big in Australia yet. It is there, but it's not that big. Um, in Europe as well, like you said, I think people think they just assume that it covers the whole of Europe, but uh, Belgium and the Netherlands only got their own dedicated Amazon sites two years ago. Like I said, Lithuania's not got it. There's still quite a lot of expansion within European marketplace. Um Sweden, Sweden came online about two or three years ago as well. So that's again very, very recent, really, compared to Amazon UK. So there's a lot of growth potential, I think, for Amazon uh, and in particularly the Middle East as well. I know that they've, they're trying to dominate the Middle East. The UAE mm. um, has a strong marketplace, but that is literally just covering the UAE. That isn't covering the rest of the Middle East marketplace. So there's a lot of growth potential for Amazon, I think, um, and I think they they would probably focus their attention on that than actually on the selling side and trying to trying to get a product one pound cheaper than than their than their sellers you know to undercut them interesting mark says poland's been a flop uh yes uh, allegro is big in poland i know this is this is the problem because amazon obviously can't expand everywhere so quickly there's a lot of other marketplaces in in these other countries that are far bigger than than amazon um, obviously, in China, Amazon is Amazon even operating in China? I don't think they are. I doubt it. So there's a lot of massive marketplaces in these other other countries that have quite a dominant foothold. So it's quite a big um, challenge for Amazon to overcome. I think in some marketplaces for sure. And um, we're about at the hour now, so I'm gonna gonna wrap it up. Also, we're gonna end up with like three hour discussion yeah. about interest <laughs> rates and all sorts of. As uh, I think we all have Amazon, we could talk for hours. Just tell us a little bit about your um, your new your new projects that you were talking to me about before. Yeah, so I mean, I put it out there in other groups and stuff. But a couple of months ago, I launched um, Elite VA Academy. The this is probably what you're talking about anyway. It's the only thing I've been doing recently uh, for basically a training program for anyone that wants to train their current VAs to run their business. So for me. My VAs will run my business and I'm focusing on creating bundles, doing research. Like that's what I like to do. So I'm focusing on that. So everything else is out the window. All the accountants get the accountancies get done by them, reconciliations, all the communication, all the admin, all the day-to-day stuff, reconciliation, uh, yeah, reconciliations, prep service, purchase sheet. It's like 80 tasks that I think I created within a training. 
pretty much just goes into everything to run the day-to-day -day business. But I re the actual thing I've released recently is the hired for you service. So before it was just, here's a training course, I guess, for your VAs to train them up to hire, you know, and then you can obviously decide what you want them to do in terms of running your business. But now I've actually released the hire for you service where you can basically get a um, trained VA, uh, ad, uh, sorry, admin VA. They're not for sourcing only because I don't really personally, I don't like sourcing VAs. Definitely if you're doing moving into bundles and stuff like that as well, it's it's not a di it's not like a traditional sourcer if you would call it that. Yeah. Um, so it's focused around admin. There's over like 80 plus um, admin tasks, which you can customize to however you want to run your business. But it basically does everything you pretty much need to sort of focus on whatever you want to do in terms of building your business. That's why I did, obviously I've been doing it for years and I got to the point where I was like, there's still a lot of people that don't really do a lot of what I do. And I thought, well, why not create something um, for people who can do that? So yeah, the, the new hire for you services uh, come out about 10 days ago. I think that's released then, something like that. So basically we hire a VA for you, train them up over a two week period. They, they learn the training, they have Q and A's, they have tests, they have Q and A with me, also my other head accountant, accountant, head admin assistant. There we go. <laughs> um, to make sure they're up to scratch and then they get hot and delivered to you. So pretty much like all the other, you know, it, it, as in the, the process of all the other hiring services, just that we don't charge anything ridiculous like a lot of them because I don't really, yeah, but some of the services are 800 quid to one and a half thousand. I think at the moment it's about 399 or 380 with a discount code. So if you want to check it out, you can go to elitevaacademy.co.uk um, forward slash courses forward slash train for you VAs. If you want to have a look and yeah, it details we'll, it, we'll it we'll details a link on, in the comments and also we'll, we'll do a post as well for you about this. Thanks. And uh, yeah, be on the YouTube section as well. So if anyone's watching on YouTube, so yeah. Definitely a really great service, I think, for anyone who's interested in it. Um, yeah. Really useful. Uh, but I've just taken on my first VA, unbelievably, taking me, taking me years. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> definitely um, it's incredible seeing the value that you can get out of virtual assistants. I know, yeah, Andrew said uh, incredible how much a VA can achieve on the admin side. Um, yeah, I, I, I personally think one full time admin VA can run a seven figure business in terms of the admin. Um, obviously you'd have to get them up, like, you know, make sure they're fully, uh, integrated to your business in terms of understanding how you work and everything. But once they've been working for you for a while, one, just one will be plenty. You don't have to, it's not like a team of VAs like you see around. I, I don't feel like you even need a team of VAs really. I think one full-time admin VA been working with you, for, with you for a while. So they understand your business. They're quick with the tasks. They They've done it a lot. They know what's going on. They understand what you buy, you sell, all that kind of thing. One's going to be plenty. Cool. Yeah. Um, and I think the thing about the admin side is what people forget, you know, you can spend a lot of time sourcing, but if you're not looking after admin, you're not looking after you, you're checking your cases for reimbursements, you know, you're not checking your returns, you could be losing as much as you're making. So yeah, an admin VA can be completely invaluable. In that yeah. Aspect. I mean, more it was for me to, I was spending a lot of time entering all the purchases and then moving it onto yeah. the prep sheet. Just like half a day, you know, like the more the higher you scale your business, the more time you waste, well, wasting in terms of just doing the day to day admin. It doesn't really generate income it directly. I mean, like the actual task. Um, it's more like just recording what you already have on on a document. And then it was the reconciliations for accounting that I was I would always leave to the last minute because it would be like just the most boring and not important right now task. 
Um, and that used to then be a nightmare to go through and find all the old invoices. And that's, so for me, it was just like, start with the things that I had the most, that I was consumed in the most, outsource that. And obviously over time, I think it's over like, I looked at how many videos I have and each one's a training module and it's 80 plus. And I was like, what? I have 80 on training, <laughs> you know, like admin tasks that I do, but yeah, you'd be surprised at like how many you can stack over time uh, to help streamline your business. Even if it's, you have a VA now and you're looking to do that. Yeah, definitely. A few people comment and saying how great it is. Um, I know Pardeep said he was interested uh, what the VAs to, um, to be in training. So if you want to get in touch uh, afterwards, yeah, it'd be well worth you to um, chat together about that. Uh, Sean says, when's Mark coming back on? Mark has very kindly agreed to come on, um, but I put him back until September because that's when everybody's back focused, you know, Q3, Q4. Um, I think right now everybody's a bit kind of holiday mode, so it would be a shame to to get his knowledge on and, and not get the most out of it. So, yeah, he's very kindly agreed to come on to Nevermind the Buy Box in September. So that is, we'll put, put a post out about that when that's coming on. But, yeah, that's going to be one you do not want to miss. You do not want to miss that one. Right, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, really cool. appreciate it. Really great chat today. Um, a lot of uh, golden nuggets dropped, a lot of in-depth knowledge. So, um, yeah, Sean says it probably be a three-hour video. Yeah, probably will be with Mark. Yeah, he's got a wealth of knowledge. Uh, but so is Luke. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much for coming well, on. Well, I haven't uh, been doing it. I haven't done a live for a while. So, you know, it's like I have to, all that, like, built-up energy just needs yeah. to come, <laughs> come out. Like, <laughs> oof. <laughs> now I'll be good for a couple of months and then I'll find the next one. Yeah, definitely. Well, we'll definitely get you back on. Yeah, thank you very much for coming on today. Um, yeah, and I'll catch you all next week. Actually, I'm away next week, but Natalie's on back on next week for Nevermind the Box. So we'll, we'll see you all then. See you, everyone. Bye. Bye.